When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU recruitments, presented by Sooners360.com. Each and every week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting, including offers, evaluations, schedules, opinions, and more. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 360 Recruiting Podcast. We are back this week for episode number 33. We are calling this one Big Weekend number two, the sequel. It was a huge weekend last weekend. This weekend upcoming dwarfs that. We got over 20 guys on campus, and we're going to go through this list today with you guys. I'm here with Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst at Sooners360.com to give us these names and Caleb Cummings, a.k.a. Mr. 55, to go over the evals. Before we get to the show, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the pod on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., the platform of your choice. We are on all of them. All right, Chris, what's going on in OU's recruiting world? Anything going on besides the big visit weekend? Well, the first piece of surprising news was, oh, you got a commitment yesterday on on Wednesday, the 14th, from Juco defensive tackle Danny Salili. Salili? Um, To say he's a large human being would be um, uh, stretching stretching things. beyond the, the regular terms, he lists himself at, at one point at 62389. And he's at Hutchinson Juco. He played in all 11 games. He played nose guard, uh, about 18 tackles, couple of tackles for loss and a sack. His footage is, it isn't bad. He's, he's a huge human being. And it looks, I don't know if this is a direct one for one Derek LeBlanc replacement. Or if this is more of OU trying to prepare for 2024 and having another upperclassman big defensive tackle, because OU is going to lose a lot of defensive tackle depth um, well, with the with the players leaving this this year. So it's it's a weird kind of recruiting. There's a lot of confusion over is this a 23 or a 24 class player. 
And uh, I don't think we haven't gotten anything definitive from our sources. I know a number of websites are kind of throwing around different viewpoints there, but uh, Caleb, just, just real quick, if you had a chance to look at any of the stuff he has online. Yeah, I've actually watched. Um, so some of the clips in terms of just his, his highlights uh, and then some of the longer kind of season uh, clips as well as him in, in high school, I think it was at Topeka. Some of yeah, the, some that of the camp, right. some of the, yeah, some of the camp work that he did. It's similar. I mean, I've, you've seen him listed anywhere from 389. So almost 400 pounds. He doesn't look, I would, it doesn't look that big. doesn't look 400 pounds. Uh, and then I've seen him listed, you know, 350 ish. And, and I could believe that. And, and I'll be honest with you. Even if it's 350, 360, whatever that might be, he moves really impressively at that size. Like he's he's much more sudden. He he can just he can get down the line. He's much more athletic. He's just uh, it's surprising at that size. You know, you see someone listed a uh, north of 350. You don't expect him to be able to bend and be able to run, and he can do both those things. He's you know, still obviously a work in progress, though. There's things where, you know, he will, you know, doesn't play with great bend and maybe just needing to continue to get in better shape and play with better pad level. When he plays with a good pad level, he's really difficult to move. Uh, you know, he, he brings his hands. He's just got to work on not giving up his – not playing high, giving up his chest. Uh, he can get away with some bad habits in, you know, against JC guys, you know, cause you can just out muscle them. Uh, that probably won't work when it's, you know, it's third and three against Alabama and Norman, you, you know, you're, you're gonna, you, you can't play with poor technique or, or you'll lose that rep. So I, I really, I, I like the offer in that regard. I would love to know if he's going to spend this, this summer and this fall in Hutch, uh, and, and play another year, or if he decides to set it in red shirt to save, to have three in Norman, you know, or if he's going to get to Norman and get to work with Schmitty and, and, you know, uh, and see just where that, where that lands. But, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, right? I think when you look at the roster and you see it's really top heavy with a bunch of fifth year, even sixth year seniors. And then there's this jump, there's this gap to, you know, uh, Marcus Strong uh, to uh, help me with the the kid out of California, Sanders, Ashton, Ashton Sanders, Ashton Sanders, right? There's this jump to those guys, and really, maybe Gilliam is the only guy that lies in the middle. Uh, so, yeah, and, getting, and he's and he's like on Gilly, he's on Gilliam's Island, right? We don't know, we don't know anything about what's going on there. No clue, no clue. I know Bates has talked really glowingly of him. Uh, but you know, I think that shoulder was was in really bad shape last year. He played, I think, 50, 60 snaps, uh, maybe and then they maybe shut it down right? that. And they shut it down. He had surgery. You know, I hear that he the and you know he's like he's a mature kid and he's a worker. Um, uh, and I've something I've always been concerned about and I've harped on a lot is the learning curve for kids like that after spending any time whatsoever in Alex Grinch's defense, you know, and, and coached by Tiz because the previous one, it was just go in this gap. We're going to slant. We're going to stunt. You just get up field, just wreak havoc. You know, we're not, you're not keying anything. You're not reading the block and, and trying to play things with a lot of technique in terms of, you know, like traditional, how defensive tackle is taught, uh, you know, so that learning curve, all that time 
him being down and not having those reps, you know, yeah. zero clue where he's at. Yeah. So Matt, it's, it's an interesting, I mean, it's, uh, I've had some OU fans reach out to me and say, Hey, um, this is kind of a, is this a reach? Is this a panic? And I'm like, well, you know, I think it's, I think it's indicative of the fact that OU hasn't been able to develop any young D line that they're, that, you know, the moment LeBlanc, you know, left the program, you were down to just basically Marcus Strong and Ashton Sanders after two years of recruiting. So you need an upperclassman. So is this a gamble? Uh, yeah, it's a gamble. And whether he's in Juco or he's in Norman redshirting, because you, you, you mm -hmm. definitely redshirt him. You don't need him this fall. We just don't. Uh, I think it's, it's a gamble either way. So it's a, it's a very interesting gamble heading into the weekend. Uh, more signs that OU is going to sign a 25-plus kind of class. Because if he's a 24 player, you're, you're not going to limit the names we're about to talk about in our next big segment by because of this guy. He's, he's not stopping you from signing some of the guys we're about to talk about. And I would add this, like, you know, just to always try to look for whether it's the individual player or the situation, try to find a comp, like, you know, what's, who's done this. You know, you look back to when Saban got to Alabama, and most people, I think they just have gotten so used to what he's done from 2013, 2014 to now, they don't remember what he did from 2007 or 8 up to 20, you know, 2010, you know, uh, in that time frame. And you look back on it, there were a lot of JC guys. Terrence Cody big, was big, yeah. Terrence Cody was a JC guy. Terrence Cody was a 450 pound JC guy. I think they got down to like 375. But you know, just meaning like, hey, uh, it wasn't all five stars out the gate. You know, you you had to build to it. Uh, you know, so it's it's a process. If you can get him down to like 340, you know, and with better conditioning, I mean, maybe he's a poor man. Uh, was it Seco? Yeah, Sione, Sika. Honestly, that's kind of a comp. Sika, now, you know, I a low, this. a low. I'm not saying you know he's he'll be that good, but that's kind of the fit. If you could get him in the best shape, the best shape, you know, of his career, down to 340, 345, with better conditioning, that's the that's the positive upside of of what he could be. Yeah, I agree completely. And Matt, you know, OU fans are still kind of reeling from the loss of Bryant Wesco, but the OU coaches certainly aren't. Uh, Emmett Jones has been aggressive out on the trail. We talked a lot about Zion Reagans last week. He had a great visit. Just about everybody is projecting him to verbal to Oklahoma. So he would be a fantastic third wide receiver in that group. If that's able to come through, he's got his UGA visit coming up. UGA seems to be focused on guys like Jeremiah Smith, maybe, maybe Josiah Trader, the two five-star guys from the Miami area. So maybe OU's able to get past this UGA visit and, 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 and get Reagan's, but there's two other guys that maybe are trying to target the fourth position. The first one we talked about, we talked about both of these guys last week. And the big update here is it looks like Ivan carry on is going to visit this weekend. Haven't gotten any public social media confirmation of that, but that rumor is, is certainly flying around various websites with, uh, with, uh, Thune and, and Drum being the first guys uh, to mention that. And uh, the 247 guys are also throwing that out. The new 247 guys are also throwing that around. Also, though, it looks like Dozi Ezu, Ezukanma 
is going to visit right after the weekend. He's put that out on social media. He's going to take an official right after this weekend, and he's looking to make a decision quick. And the connections to Emmett Jones are big. There's a reason Emmett Jones was posting his brother. Uh, it's Eric, right? It's it Eric. Yeah, I think it's Eric. Yeah, it Eric. is. Yeah. And there's a reason why De- Emmett Jones was posting Eric's uh, training camp footage from the Dolphins, where he just looks like a million dollars uh, in an NFL camp. It's basically Emmett saying, Dozy, remember I did that for your brother. And also to OU fans, hey, I, I-, I kind of know what I'm talking about. And, and Dozy's just saying, you know, to give, give uh, Caleb all the credit he dug up that basically these guys are, t- are twins coming out of high school, same size, frame. And then you put 20 pounds on this guy and he is a, he's a beast of a wide receiver to have to deal with. So the wide, that's what looks like it's going on with the wide receiver. It looks like we could end June and Emmett Jones is moving on to the, moving on to how he's going to figure out uh, the four wide receivers out of the 10 elite looking guys that want to be wide receivers in the 25 class. So a nice problem for you to have there. Well, Caleb, real quick, how, how would you rank these three guys? If there's two spots, who are you giving Ooh. them to? Give me the three. Who's the third out of Reagan's? The, the uh, Reagan's and, and Aaron, Ivan carry on. Carry on. I'm probably number one. That's difficult, honestly. You've got uh, KJ Daniels in the class. Yeah. And we're running Levy's offense. In in this offense, Jackson yeah, yeah. Arnold's throwing deep balls. I'd probably take Reagan's one and uh uh Zumakama two. And it, I think for me, and it's I'm talking about it a bunch, right? I, I know Reagan's is small, but football has changed. You know, it's not it's not 1995 Penn State, Michigan, and two tight ends, ISO, and you've got LeVar Arrington, a middle linebacker at 250, and Courtney Brown playing defense and end at 280. Like, that's just not – that's not the football of today. And so much of what uh, – really everything, by and large, you know, of what, of what Levy and the offense is built on doing is, you know, uh, pressing you, well, vertically and horizontally, but vertically as much as anything. And if you can get one-on-one – Reagan's uh, and even Henry, right? If you're able to get the pet away, those types of speed guys just excel. Like, cause in some ways, you know, if you're a big DB, maybe you get hands on them, but you know, if you're one-on-one and there's time, we're going to go, we're going to take that shot. It's like almost like Al Davis's old thing, right? We're going to take two shots a quarter, you know, we're going to take eight a game and uh, we're going to hit two of them. We're going to get pass interference on two of them. We're going to flip the field. You know, and it's just, uh, yeah, that's probably how I'd go is, is Reagan's and Azumakama. And not to say I don't like carry on. I, I think he's got a ton of potential. I, to me, he's just more of kind of a chess piece at that size and, and not being the same speed that the other two possess. Just that bur- it's just that burst. Is the, it's the burst off of carry on. It's like, yeah, he, yeah. He, can, he can, he can, if, I just don't. I just don't see this offense just throwing that many chunk of jump balls to him. It just doesn't. At least not off year one. We don't didn't see that. Yeah, and it's yeah. You know, you nailed it right. To me, I just go back to like if this if, and we don't know who. I think everybody kind of assumes that that Jeff will probably be around for another year or two, maybe maybe three years tops, and he, you know going to get a job and and he'll take it. You know, and so if you told me the next offensive coordinator is somebody different, and it's like a. And I know people are probably like, oh, I hate this name. I always like Brian Harson, right? But it's just more of, 
hey, we're going to use a ton of formations. We're going to motion. We're going to shift. We're going to use bunch sets and we're going to pick on you and we're going to play a lot of matchups and situational football. A guy like carry on absolutely gives you that, you know, because you move him all over, use him like a, you know, uh, a chess piece and, and really pick on. And he's a great situational guy. That's not really what I, when you watch like what Levy and what that offense does in general, it is, you know, uh, we want to go fast and that's in every, in every sense we want to, you know, if we get you one-on-one and, and if that DB, if, if we get even, we're throwing the ball deep. Well, another pass catcher that we can talk about, uh, there is a new note up on the board. So head over to Sooners360.com and check that out about this next guy, uh, Chris. Davin Mitchell, someone you have interviewed in the past, tight end, former Allen Eagle. He's now out in Los Alamitos. He is on campus uh, for an unofficial, uh, and he has recently announced his commitment is coming up on July 8th. What's going on with Mitchell? Let me say one thing before Chris gets going. Okay. (laughs) If that kid's 16, like that, how? How? (laughs) Like saw the pictures of him at the camp next to Jason Witten. How was he 16 years old? A man he, child. He, he, he's not 16. I want to see a birth certificate. Yeah, he's he's really his name's really Larry uh, Larry Williams. He's a plumber from Cleveland and he's 35 years old. <laughs> it's like um, Albert Pujols. Well, or or or, or the or the guy from Texas, the Texas forgery guy. Remember that I was fixing to say once upon a time there was a guy that played like two years JC, played like two years like Cal or something. Yeah, and he was went like back in. Yeah, he was like 28. Texas. Yeah, yeah, he faked his way in Texas. He was like 28. It's a classic story, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've, I've been telling you guys that like, you know, most guys who consider re and, and the, so the big news is he's on campus again for like the fifth time this, this year, he's at the camp today and he's going to be, he's basically taking an unofficial visit throughout the entire barbecue U weekend. It's, it's, it's an official and old, but name. He can't be taking an official visit because he hasn't reclassified yet. So but Ron Weaver, with, the great imposter. That is Ron Weaver. That is correct. The great Ron Weaver. So, but yeah, I mean, to your point, Caleb and, and, and Matt, I mean, most guys, you worry about them reclassifying. It's, you know, in basketball, it's no big deal, really, for the most part, right? As long as you're tall enough, well, it doesn't matter. But in football, you worry about that just because of the strength, size, you know, maturity side of it. And, I, and I've been telling you guys, it's not really a problem for Mitchell. He's He's like ready to go. And I think you finally saw that when you just, I mean, he looks huge next to Jason Witten. And we know Witten's was 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", easy, right? Yeah, I think and, right, right at 6'5", and not, not, he's lean, but not yeah. that lean. He was broad-shouldered, kind of a yeah, massive he, dude. He, he, a big dude, and, and Mitchell looks big next to him. Um, yeah, Jason was 6'5", three quarters, 264 coming out. Yeah, that's a big man, right? And he was... And I mean, he's, I'm not sure he's at a hall of fame tight end, but he was, he was, a, he was a, he was a great NFL tight end. That's, that's indisputable. Don't, don't, when you say he's a hall of, I didn't know. All right. I, okay. I, all right. So yeah, he's really, too. he's in the, he's in that, not he's in that fan, very, very, very good territory hall of fame discussion territory. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking high cotton, so to speak, to use that cliche when you say that, you know, Davin Mitchell looks big next to, um, you know, Jason Witten. So he's going to be on campus. He basically is taking three unofficial visits, Miami, OU, Bama. And then he's deciding July 8th 
I, I don't know why he would decide July 8th unless he's got good news coming uh, via classification. And if he has, and if he verbals to OU, he can reclassify. That is a huge piece of this recruiting class because that kid, another year of high school, he won't, I don't think he'll be able to enroll early. That's asking way too much, but I mean, he, he'll, he'll be ready to go. I mean, he, it's, you know, you want to use the Jermaine Grisham example for OU fans in terms of comp, but he's not as tall as Jermaine. But you know what he almost looks like to me right now is a six foot four, six foot five version of Keith Jackson. All right. Cause Keith, if those, those of you, if you remember Keith, Keith was like six one, six two, had still dominated at tight end, had a great NFL career, arguably the best wishbone tight end of the Switzer era. I know some like old Sooner fans would like send me hate mail about somebody else, but I started watching OU football in 1983. So Keith Jackson is the best wishbone tight end I remember. I mean, he was just, just dominating. And then he had a Might great be the NFL- best, best tight end of that era period. Yeah. And then he had a yeah, great. He, he kind of so, changed. Yeah. He kind of yeah. changed things up with his receiving ability from a tight end. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah. Nebraska, the Nebraska, you know, the, the reverse, the double reverse to Keith Jackson that started the Nebraska win, you know, so Keith Jackson holds a special place. So I don't use the Keith Jackson comp lightly. But when you look at how big he is and, and you look at his footage and how, much, and how much Mitchell enjoys destroying people blocking, but just how athletic and somebody that big, that physical, being that nimble is just rare. Just, it's, it's, a rare it's a rare combination. He's not as big as Grisham. You know, Grisham was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, you know, nearly 270 and still running a 4'7". So Grisham was a freak. Uh, we do have an in-state freak who kind of reminds us of Grisham, but that's, that's, for, that's for later conversations. But Mitchell, again, he just showed up, and you could just tell. Every, just Twitter blew up. Everyone's like, holy crap. I've never seen Davin Mitchell in person before, and, and that guy's huge. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just it was kind of funny to see. So that's the, that's the big tight end news. Um, there's nothing we're not getting any we're not getting any data back about the Cooper Alexander offer, which is strange. There are some reports out there. We don't have anything on our website yet, but the the Cooper Alexander thing, I was kind of expecting him to maybe be at the barbecue, so so it maybe or have his official visit set up for OU. So maybe that's not going to happen after all, and that makes Mitchell even more important. All right, we'll head over to the board. We're we're bringing the latest on that uh we're going to keep digging uh again july 8th is his commitment so it's possible there's some other news before then uh chris real quick before we get into the the visitor list this weekend uh anyone else on campus you want to just kind of briefly go over real quick yeah just just quickly um bill beaton bows off at six offensive linemen for 2025 i won't go through the list of names they are all large human beings including a pair of twins who are six foot five, three ten. Just imagine that grocery bill and, and pray for those parents uh, feeding those two big boys. Also, uh, Andy Bass, 2024 athlete, got an offer from OU. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. This weekend will tell us a lot if there's space for Bass on this roster, but OU, I think, felt like he dominated the camp so much they had, they had to make the offer. And then just, just finally, Caden, Caden Jones, Kawan Jones, uh, kid got offered at running back athlete and he looks really good. He's a 2026 player. He looks really good. And then a 2027 kid who is, who just graduated eighth grade 
looked fantastic in the camp. His name's Zane Rowe. He's 6'7", 220, and he's, he's, he's not even played a down of high school football, and he was dominating the OU camp today. So he's from Denton Geyer, so look for him to get an offer next summer when Brent – Brent's like, you've got to have a freshman varsity footage before I could offer you. So look for OU to offer him next year. But the camps have been a, a big success, especially for Bill Biedenbaugh. He's gotten a lot of good offensive linemen in, made a lot of really good offers uh, uh, for players who are who look like they're going to be for that to get that many O line guys in the pipeline this early is going to be a great thing for Bill Biedenbaugh for O line recruiting for twenty five. All right, we have to start out our second segment where we're going to talk about the big Sooner weekend with a shout out to Sooner Keith. He's a listener of our Twitter space that I do with Barry Wise on every Tuesday morning. So if you want a quick preview of the podcast, keep an eye out for Barry Wise's Twitter space. And Sooner Keith gave us a, gave us a, gave us a shout out on Twitter. So we're giving him a shout out on the podcast. Thanks, Sooner Keith. And if you're, like I said, Barry Wise, our, our co-conspirator, our, our, our co-defendant on Sooners 360, I do a quick recruiting uh, Twitter space with him every Tuesday. So if you're interested in finding out a little more info on Tuesday, you can, you can hit the Twitter space and keep an eye out for that. So this, it's obviously, it's just, it's just a huge weekend. So I'm just going to kind of go through some players and Matt and Caleb just chime in when you want to discuss or talk about somebody in depth. And let's just talk about the first group, the group that sucks the energy out of every room they talk in. They enter every topic and every discussion is all about them. Derek LeBlanc leaving certainly just amped up everything about him. Let's talk about the big defensive lineman visiting OU, where it's really probably the biggest defensive tackle recruiting weekend I can remember in maybe 15 years. So it all starts. Good timing with the the SEC schedule announcement too, knowing knowing who we got coming up and knowing we need to beef up the inside. And those guys can know that that's, you know, this is, this is for real now, right? It's, it was out in the future before. Now it's kind of tangible and real. I could be a Sooner playing Alabama early September in Norman. I think that's, you know, Brent talked about that on the reveal show, right? And like, obviously he said he's going to, you know, like, of course, going to have it and talk about it because as you're telling these kids and you're pitching them about the vision you have for their future and what you want to accomplish, that is their first schedule. That is their first set of opponents. You can say, hey, look, yeah, you've got UMass or Temple. You've got Temple and, and Tulane, but, you know, you, your first conference game is going to be maybe Alabama and Norman, right? We're going to go play LSU and Baton Rouge. Yeah, primetime ESPN. You know, primetime ESPN. You won't have to look for our game or wonder what station our game is on. We will be on primetime ESPN for this game. You, you're yeah. not going to have to go. You're not going to have to wonder where this game is. It's going to be advertised all week. Game, game day. day. Game day will be there. It's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be an environment. So no, no, yeah, like Dominic McKinley, you can tell him like, look, we're going to have go to go back. to LSU. You don't have yeah. to go to stay in LSU. You can yeah. come to Norman and you're going to play. And we'll, 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 and you'll be on the truck with us driving from the airport to Baton Rouge. And, and you can, you exactly, exactly, Caleb. So you've got David Stone, top 10 player in the nation, re ranked top 10 by several services, five star, probably the best big defensive tackle in the country. Not much of debate about that, really. 
Uh, then you got Dominic McKinley, 6'5", 280, 285, 290 from Louisiana, another five-star kid. Then you got Joseph Jonah Yonje, top 50 composite, probably will be top 30 composite once all the rankings come in the mix. We talked all last week about how we're going to sabotage his visit to Georgia after his OU visit. Those plans are still in the works. Uh, I'm trying to find some people in Atlanta to make sure that happens. Um, Georgia just got a verbal commitment from another defensive end, 6'6", 270-pound guy. And they, they're trending for Edric Houston. So maybe those guys can verbal before Ayanje gets around to it. And OU can work some things there. But the big thing is, oh, you just need to remind Ayanje why he loved OU in the first place, right? Like, let's just, let's just make that love connection back again. I know you went out with, a, with someone prettier and who you think who's prettier uh, has a fast car, uh, pun included. <laughs> um, so has a fast car, has fast cars, a little prettier, prettier, but you know, we're the, we're the more stable, uh, we're the better solution for you to be the best possible person. You know, we're the more stable, reliable girlfriend. So I don't know, maybe that analogy doesn't really work, but, um, oh, you needs to make, and, and his mom really sell his mom too, right? Just convince her that this is the place that, you know, that her son needs to be. Cause those kind of arguments decide close recruiting battles when it comes to nut crunching time the night before you're going to announce somewhere. And then a guy who we kind of ignore, but we shouldn't. It's Nigel Smith from Melissa, Texas, 6'5", 265. I've talked to him. Great kid. He's deciding September 9th. He's probably going to stick to that plan, but OU can do a, a lot to make sure that they keep the lead and, and, keep, and keep, their pressure, keep, their, you know, keep their place with Nigel Smith because you know, if oh, you could get two of the four guys I've mentioned, it'd be great. If they could get three, that would be like amazing. So, you know, those are the those are the four defensive line, big defensive tackles, def big defensive ends that that are on campus. And to have full four of those guys on campus is pretty is 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 pretty amazing work by the staff. Actually, I I think Nigel Smith is quietly among the really important ones on that list. You just given, I know Ohio State, he likes some Big Ten programs, funny enough, Penn State and Ohio State uh, may be in reverse order. But just for, he's right down the road in Melissa, right? So North Texas, I mean, it is just, it is a par four from the Red River. Uh, and he's been considered a lean forever. He's a guy that you can play inside and out, all up and down the line of scrimmage. Uh, it looks great. Physically, I, to me, he's he's one of those guys that uh, you don't want to make a habit of having top tier defensive linemen that are right down the road from you that you lead for two years on and then lose. You know, the summer before they yeah the, you know, the trend the trend season. line yeah, yeah you, you don't want you don't want that and I think everybody kind of looks at Xavier Sims as hey was that that case and it might have been I mean he may have been uh really you know important to Oklahoma I think obviously it was an offer and they recruited him actively I think we've made our feelings on just well, well you know he's a good player I, I don't think he's you know he doesn't move fourth like, the, as, as a fourth defensive tackle I'd take him in a heartbeat right uh, yeah yeah you're yeah you, yeah uh, absolutely I mean, so I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sign him up. Yeah. I mean, if you give an extra slot for him and he wants to flip from Oregon in October and you've yeah. got, th you've got two or three of these names already. Yeah. Come on down, kid. 
Yeah, no, this is a huge weekend for you know lots of reasons too. McKinley visited Ohio State beginning of the of this month. He was just at Texas A&M, came out, really liked that Texas A&M class. And this is something, you know, I, I said on the board, you know, Oklahoma now shifting into the SEC, you know, Texas A&M did see a jump, I think, in the level of recruit that they were able to sign. Uh, it hasn't done anything for them. You know, they're the we, you know, post this, like you look at the last you know, 40 years, the last 30 years, they're, they're the same program, whether it's been in big 12 South or in, in the sec West, right. They're the exact same program, but if you're Oklahoma and you want to, you want to remain the exact same program as you Trent, you know, you want to behave we're top two programs in this conference. You want to remain in that top tier, that top two, top, top three, right. You want it to be Alabama, Oklahoma, and Georgia, right. You know what? You've got to win on you've got to be able to beat Texas A&M on defensive linemen. Like you simply have to. And you got to at least Whether win. That's... You got to win one at least uh, out of the battles. You got to win one out of two, right? You can't go you o, can't go yeah. over two. Like yeah. oh, you can't go over two with a Yon Jay and Nigel Smith, right? You you can you nailed you it. You can you can handle losing a Yon Jay to Georgia. Like okay, all right, but you can't then lose Smith to to Ohio State. You just can't lose both guys like that. In, in your region that you that you identified correct you scouted correctly you identified these guys correctly you can't just lose those guys so you know with everything going on the sec schedule leblanc leaving and just needing to read needing needing to get you know pj adaware some running mates and we think we think that ou's in a good place with williams winery and we'll get to some other guys here in a minute but if you can get a couple of running mates inside for PJ, then you then you can start projecting, you know that 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 Clemson like four down every down defensive line stops the run, rushes the pass, and lets you play all kinds of mind games with the quarterback on the in the back seven, right? That you know you can blitz, drop blitz, you know take those seven positions, play multiple kids because your 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 front four is is dictating the game. So, I mean, that's how Clemson got to like four college football playoffs in a row. Basically, they had a front four that dominated football and and allowed them allowed Brent to do all kinds of games with the back with the back seven. So this this is the this is this is what we've we've been talking about these guys for months. So this is this is crunch time. Um, So really interested to see what we hear from and about McKinley coming out of this weekend, because he's sure. Yeah. yeah, he unofficialed uh, earlier this spring, uh, I guess late winter, early spring, and his name is just stuck. It's been there. He's not really talking to LSU that much, it doesn't seem like, at least publicly. Um, he's got three other officials uh, scheduled, none of them to LSU. I I don't know. It, Chris, is that is that a pipe dream? I mean, he's a Louisiana kid. It's tough to win that guy. Yeah, I mean, first rule, you know, it's like the princess, the princess bride, right? You know, uh, the inconceivable guy says, you know, first rule, <laughs> for, for, you know, first rule in life, never fight a, never fight a land war in Asia. Second rule in life, you know, never gamble with death with a Sicilian. Well, the third rule yeah. in life is never believe you're going to pull a, pull a Louisiana elite five-star defensive lineman who has an LSU offer out of Louisiana. Although, you know, Bama's done it a couple of times. Bama, Georgia. Yeah. Bama, Georgia. You know, it, it, it does happen. It's rare. But he just seems like a kid who's like, eh, LSU, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really that interested. Um, you know, the Ohio State offer screams to me that he's maybe thinking of getting out of region. And he, so 
OU can get him out of region, but sort of keep him in region a little bit, right? Sort of a, a compromise between those two, those two thoughts. And maybe um, play in Baton Rouge every other year. And play in Baton Rouge every once in a while and, and uh, stick it to LSU. So who didn't offer me early and kind of ignored me early in recruiting. I mean, you know, kids, kids can be, you know, just like adults, kids can be petty about these small things, right? They can hold a little bit of a grudge. Like, you know, OU was, OU's the first power to offer me. LSU, it took everybody else offering me for LSU to offer me. Why, why was that the case? You know, stuff like that. Sometimes. Well, and I mean, Brian Kelly's kind of a weird dude. I mean, he is, he is the, the killer. The killer is a weird dude. <laughs> the, the killer oh. is a weird dude. Uh, I was, Pre- I was in, pretty I was easy a, to see why someone might not click with yeah. that guy. So, and again, you know, like if McKinley comes out of that, like flying high about OU, it's, 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 it gets real interesting. It's a real interesting, real fast. So those four guys, good job to the staff to get them to this point, but you, you gotta, we've got to start closing on these kids and closing on a couple of them. Uh, it's, I don't expect you to go four for four, but you, you gotta go two or two, two or four or three or four on some level. So make, make it to make it work somehow. So the other interesting thing is there's, there's obviously some really good two sport athletes visiting this weekend. Uh, Terry Bussey is a fantastic track athlete. He's about five eleven, uh, one eighty five, and he's just a blur and he would be a wide receiver that you would just take or an athlete. You just take, you take, worry about it later. He could be an elite cornerback, elite wide receiver. You just don't, Take, take his verbal commitment and worry about where he plays later. And then James Nesta, who we've talked a little bit about on this on podcast before, he's the big linebacker from North Carolina. I sneakily think OU could win this recruiting battle and then be sweating 12 months from now the Major League Baseball draft. So he's an excellent baseball player. And then Devon Jordan, the cornerback from Tulsa Union. Again, good track guy, cornerback, 6'1". He's going to have a big senior year, I think, and ranking-wise, I think by the time all the, everything shakes out, he's like a top 200 kid. So you got two sport athletes. Then uh, the OU Verbals are coming into town. Zion do Kearney. Not, uh, do not leave Tatum out of the two-sport athlete. He is Yeah, you're right, the, but I got him somewhere else. He's one of the else. best baseball players, yeah. I got him somewhere else in the elite running back section, but you're right. He could fit. He fits both categories. I don't know what to do with him. So, um. But the Zion Kearney, KJ Daniels, and Isaiah Autry are all going to be on campus. So you've got verbals in everybody's ear. Look how great OU is. I chose OU. I'm sticking with OU. Maybe you want to be. Maybe you want to be a Sooner too. Yeah, Michael Hawkins making it to campus maybe Saturday for an unofficial. Yeah, I, he he says he wants to get back after the Elite Eleven camp. So if he can make that work, all credit to him because it's going to take either a a red eye or a really early morning flight. Uh, out of Los Angeles to get to get back to a charter. Uh, well, who I knows? Kid. I kid. Who knows? I, I who mean, knows? Toby How Keith long? can send his plane down there. Yeah, let's. Uh, that's uh, that's completely illegal according to NCA rules. So let's not let's not suggest that we're let's not suggest that. Um, it's uh, apparently fine if they take photos all over it in a party <laughs> situation, but they're actually using it to get players back and forth completely against NCA rules and completely trackable and and enforceable so yeah so and then i put michael patterson mcdonald under the verbal list because he only has one visit to ou and it's like abundantly obvious he's he's gonna choose ou so 
Mike, what, Michael, what's, 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 what's the delay? And, and, and I, my suspicion is he's waiting for David Stone. They get a, they get announced together. And that's, I, yeah. we have no insider information on that, but there, those guys have been hanging out in Norman a lot this week on social media. And it looks pretty, it would not be hard to read that situation into these guys are, are plotting how they're going to verbal to OU together. I mean, we, we have no proof that's the case, but it, it, and obviously that would be great for the, for OU. So, you know, maybe I'm, I'm sucking the, the hopium when I read into that, but it, it looks, they, they look like two OU twins in the, in their social media. Like they're kind of like they're at in the, in the stadium all the time. So not quite sure what's what Michael's waiting. And, and I think he's, I think he's waiting on David. So, and they want to well, announce together. Chris, like you've mentioned before, sometimes in recruiting, Two plus two equals four. I mean, they're they're clearly Stone, doing David something. Stone. And David Stone has no more official visits scheduled right now. This is his last one. And he ha- he has publicly said, which this surprised me. I had to when you were kind of floating this this week. I thought, well, surely he's got other officials set up later. Uh, or if he doesn't, he's probably said somewhere that his timeline is going to be later. And so you look up, and that's I'm wrong. He does not have any other officials set up anywhere, which surprised me. And he has publicly said his timeline is when he when knows he's ready, when he's ready, he's going he's to pull the trigger. Could be this week, could be next, could be this is an art. This is a quote, right? Could yeah, he, yeah. And he gave this a month ago? Could be in two months, could be in six. So I, I do find it. I didn't realize uh, that Michael McDonald, Michael Patterson McDonald, didn't have any other OVs set up. Because um, that, that's I, interesting. I've looked. I've looked everywhere. He online doesn't. for any of ev- any evidence i couldn't find and, and tell me tell me if i'm wrong if if my memory is failing me which again hit in the head a lot growing up uh he uh patterson mcdonald his he this was not his original official visit weekend he moved it up correct he was going yeah, to go I later think so. yeah and I he think moved so. it up okay. yeah it's it's, I, it's very it's there's a lot of if you're if you're on the, the if you if you're like me that you're suspicious that something's going on with David Stone maybe earlier than later, there's there's a you know it's like you're playing Clue. Okay, so is it is it David Stone in the in the in the billiard room, um, you know, uh, with the with the candlestick? You're starting to get you, if you're if you if you're on that frame of mind, you could convince yourself a lot of what's going on that something's there is smoke happening around david stone and if and i'd see no and I, I wouldn't shock me if if david stone does a does a commit video that you know michael patterson mcdonald's in it they do the you know they do like a double video like you know you well, know they the do thing like with double they do a double announcement hit at the same time so who, who knows but yeah it's 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 there's a lot of smoke around that and if there's one name that could move the needle with everybody in recruiting this year, last year, it was Jackson Arnold basically, you know, pushed, pushed and got things really going. Uh, David Stone, you know, he's, he's, he's so well-known. He's basically a five-star quarterback, right? Usually to usually have to get a five-star quarterback to get things really going in recruiting. And David Stone has basically turned himself into the, into a version uh, of that. He just, he knows everyone. He plays at IMG. He's gone all over the country. Everybody knows him. He's he's like the Pied Piper. So 
So just a couple of two safeties, big safeties. Of course, you know, you guys know I want a big safety in the class. And the first name is Michael Boganowski, who may be a safety, maybe a linebacker, maybe the the dreaded cheetah term because of a hybrid will nickel linebacker type thing because his frame can kind of go a couple of ways. Uh, and it, he's probably down at K-State and OU, and it kind of just depends. A big, big pond, small pond, I think, for him. But then the interesting name to me is Justin Denson, just because he has a fantastic nickname. He's the Slim Reaper. Um, he's a big safety from Rhode Island, and he's, he's visited Florida and uh, maybe Michigan State. So OU could make a big presence, I think, with him, and, and he could be a big safety in this class. And I would, I would like that because, you know, Patterson McDonald's 5'11", you know, really good, really good player at that height. So Jaden Hardy's just a little taller. So if the third safety could be um, uh, Justin Dennison at 6'2", you know, 190, 190, 195, able to get to 200, that would be, that would be good. So, um, so inside guys, we talked about them. Now the outside guys, Jay Sean Ross um, has moved everything up. He was like nowhere in his recruiting. And then like in the last, someone told him, hey, if you keep dragging your ass in recruiting, OU's going to be full. And he's been able to convince whoever was telling him to drag his recruiting out to say, to say, let's go, let's go, let's go. So he, he camped this week. He looked unbelievable at the OU camp. The OU coaches are, are – we have an inside source that told us the OU coaches absolutely loved him on film, loved him in the camp. Unreal first step, huge wingspan, big frame, and just – just a, just on on the hoof, just an awesome looking athlete, raw, but all the check boxes. Then Wyatt Gilmore from Minnesota is visiting. He's he's already got that size and frame, and a little bit more technique wise, really good. I know you like him, Caleb. He's kind of you know that hot tempered, always on kind of guy. I, I think he's leaning to Minnesota. He's from Minnesota, so they did a good job recruiting him. So. This is OU's, probably OU's last best chance to, to make a dent here. But based upon some interviews, it sounded like the Gophers were a little bit ahead. And then the third guy is a fascinating name because uh, he's Zena Umuzulu, or just Zoo, as he's, as he's affectionately known. And his brother is an offensive guard at Texas that OU really wanted. Uh, his first name is Neto, I believe. Uh, I don't know what his nickname is. He may be Zoo, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really good player. Really good player from Allen. And Zena was like off OU for a while. Like he was hot for OU. Then all spring, he was like off. Like, like okay, well, he's just falling off. And then the last 30 days, it's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I really, I really want to be, I maybe want to be a sooner. So he's interesting because he's 6'4", 6'5", 220. He has really good film. He was really highly rated when the year started. He's dropped a little bit as more and more guys have been discovered but he's still a top 100 talent. And the thought of him not going to Texas, I, I can't really understand him not going to Texas. So if something happened with him and OU, that would be, that would be a big blow to the Longhorns because he would be a good fit. I mean, he, he fits any defense. He's just, he's just a really good athlete. But, you know, you th I do think, you think that renewed interest has anything to do with Hawkins committing with Mitchell possibly reclassifying and coming to OU. They all played together at Allen. I'm sure they're friends. 
I, yeah, I wonder if, could, if that could. has some influence. Yeah, it definitely could. Um, the thing I'm wondering about is these, that's, th- that's three pass rushers. And I think we all, we all believe, oh, you would like three defensive ends. Well, Williams, Winery's getting as one of those ships and you're going to drag that battle out till it ends. I think Danny Okoye is probably defensive end number two. And he has a ship no matter what, based upon everything that we're hearing. So these I, I think these three guys are fighting for one ship. So it's interesting they're all visiting the same weekend. And, and in some ways, they're all after the same scholarship. So uh, who, who does one of them jump on the ship first? And if I had to guess... I would say it's going to be Jay Sean Ross because he seems to have realized I want to be a sooner. You know, I'm not going to, I'm, the, I'm going to have a chair when the music stops. I, whoever was screwing around with his recruiting, he's obviously told him, you know, sit your ass down and let me run this. And let's, let's go grab this sooner. Let's go grab this sooner scholarship. This is where I, because Ross has no other visits. So, so it's interesting. Whereas Gilmore is, is, is bad is, you know, Minnesota really wants him. He's also visiting Miami. I, I I'm having a hard time visiting him at Miami, but, um, you know, he already I, I took can, that trip. He's, he's taken both of those. Uh, yeah, was, I think Miami two weeks ago and yeah, you're right. And, uh, and Minnesota this past week. Yeah. Same. I, he doesn't, you know, although, uh, you know, they've, they've got a good staff there. Jason Taylor is an analyst that helps with defensive yeah. end edge players. So, you know, hall of fame, pass he, just, he seems a little blue collar for, for South beach. Completely. I agree. Completely. He <laughs> seems just to, culture, culturally, but you know, maybe you could be wrong. Oregon's also floating around with him, but I, I think, I think he really, if he doesn't choose, if he doesn't decide, well, I want to be at a big school and I know you seems like a good fit. He's going to choose to stay home and go to, go to Minnesota. So. I mean, but, Minnesota kids, it, it's got to be hard to pull those guys out unless they're elite, elite, you know, five-star talents. Right. Yeah. I, I think they're going to stay around in Minnesota. I mean, that's just the, the culture of that state. It is. So, you know, but, but Zoo, Umazulu is the wild card here, right? Because if he says, wow, you know, I, I, I just prefer Miguel Chavis and Todd Bates and, and – my brother's, you know, tells me he, you know, I, I, I'm completely making this up, guys. My brother says Austin sucks. <laughs> you know, I want to go, I want to go somewhere. Or Austin isn't a fit for me. Like Austin, you know, you know, maybe his brother says, you know, you're just different than me. Austin's not going to be a fit for you. Like, you know. Well, you know, oh, and I do know this. Uh, Oklahoma was hard after uh, Neto. And they were. Was, they were. And there was a thought, hey, he might be a Sooner. Might, don't know where he's going to go. You know, was just kind of unsure. He decided after Lincoln quit and, yeah. and took the USC job. And I think it was, I mean, within like a couple of days. Uh, so, you know, I don't know that he, I'm not saying he would have chosen Oklahoma, but I know a different circumstance. He might've chosen. He might've. And I do know, like you've listened to zoo and a lot of what Brent talks about with, you know, culture, uh, the, the soul program, all of that other stuff. He seems to talk along those same lines of that's what's, you know, and I, I mean, I know me personally, uh, if I, you know, defensive lineman, I would have given anything to have played family that was across the, 
you know, across <laughs> the line of scrimmage from me. I would have given anything. Like that would have been a dream come true. And, I mean, some people aren't wired that way and they, you know, would rather play next to them. And that would be fun too, probably. But, you know, going to Thanksgiving and and having, you know, something over them would be to me more enjoyable. Yeah. That does yeah, there's a difference. There's a reason why I, I went to different schools than my other two brothers. But he is visiting Texas the week after. I think he Texas is, he has is. a I big mean, weekend next it's week. Big, it's a big, it's a big, you know, Matt, it, uh, it's an interesting three because Ross is the kind of the one who seems to be like more into OU and the other two guys seem to have other schools that maybe they're leading towards. But, you know, it's a big weekend. You know, although he didn't sign with OU, you know, OU pulled Colton Vasek who had much more connections to Texas, um, you know, much stronger connections than either of these guys to Minnesota or to Texas. So you just never know. Um, you know, it was a big O-line weekend last weekend. It's another big O-line weekend. Bill's done a good job not having a small number of targets. So he's got Bennett Warren. Everyone thinks he's going to Michigan, but he just came off that visit. And he really likes OU, and he's liked OU all spring. So. That could be that could be a Michigan OU death match moving down the road. Caden Massey is you know visiting OU. It's probably OU or K State or Kansas. Um, he's he could fall this weekend depending upon what happens. Maybe again he's the three star, but he's a you know he's six seven, you know two seventy. He's a track guy. He just. He screams this guy you hear about in the NFL saying, you know, he plays eight. Doesn't he play eight-man football in Kansas? Yeah, he plays eight-man out in western Kansas. So it's, it's just, it's, it's like the, you know, I can already see the ESPN draft montage. And, you know, we're wondering why OU didn't, didn't grab him if we don't grab him. Because he's going to end up being like one of those six, seven, three, fifteen, big super athletes. Eric Fisher kind of guy. We're like, well, did, we, did we recruit him? Now, now I'll be honest, I had written Max Anderson off because I thought he was heading to Tennessee or maybe Michigan, but he's now back visiting OU. I don't know what the Nate Anderson situation, how that plays in, but he's coming for his official visit. So I, I, don't, know how to, I don't know how to read that situation. I, I, if Nate Anderson was like the second team center and was kicking ass and looked like he was going to be you know, get playing time this fall, I would be like, yeah, yeah, Max could have follow him. But I don't know that I don't know that's Dane Anderson's story this this fall. So and I and I don't and I have no idea how that plays into their brother relationship and whether he wants to follow Nate at Oklahoma. Then finally Casey Poe is coming in for an unofficial because his official visit at the end of July has gotten kind of there's something weird about compliance or that's what that's what uh, Brandon Drum was saying. Something weird about weird about it. So he's coming in this weekend. Oh, he's in good shape there, but fighting Clemson, Alabama. It, it would be a good weekend for Casey to 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 sync up with Bill and realize he needs to be part of this O line group, uh, along with several of the guys that visited last week. And then we got the you mentioned Taylor Tatum. He's on campus, number one running back in the country. Demarco Demarco's big target would be a fantastic feature back for the Sooners fighting Michigan and USC. Some, some Michigan people think it's an OU USC battle. Some USC people think it's maybe an OU Michigan battle. OU's definitely in there. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. And then Caden Durham is visiting. He's 
the OU vibes of Durham are getting better and better and better. So that, that could be some, he could be a name where something happens. I think that he just decides that he's going to stick with OU. And if, if OU gets Durham and if they, if the Xavier Robinson rumors are true, I, I kind of wonder, I, I think, I think DeMarco goes with like into a Tatum or bust mode, right? Just like, all right, if I can get Tatum, great. If not, I'm not picking up another running back. Is that with Durham? I think if you can get Durham and then they take Xavier Robinson, it's kind of a big back, H back, uh, multi back, whatever term you want to use, kind of a use him kind of like they use Trey Millard. If you remember Trey, big Trey. Oh, yeah. Um, where he was a little, where they used him a little bit more as like the super H back, like, you know, a little bit like uh, Dimitri Flowers. Um, it, I think it's a little, there's, a, there's some, some tweaking to the to the levy scheme to make all that work a little bit. I mean, it'd yeah. be a good wrinkle, right? I mean, I know Caleb's I'm, talked about that before. And plus a big, big, big short yardage back, right? You spread people out and then you've got a huge running back behind a line. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it worked, it worked with Samaje left and right, right? I mean, so it's in, but if they take those, if you have Durham and you have Robinson, then I think it's like, okay, I'm only, I'm only going to take a third elite running back, right? It's got to be, it's got to be Taylor Tatum or maybe. Or what do you think of, what was going to say, what do you think of Frazier? Yeah, that's that's the other kid. The, 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 The offer that's interesting to me, that's one that was made this week is, is the Bass kid from Heritage Hall. Cause you look at him. On the hoof, and I noticed that some people have said maybe receiver. I I think that's incorrect. I know he tagged DeMarco in his offer tweet, but you look at him physically, 5'11", 200, 205. I mean, he's he's a muscled up 200, 205 pounds, 10'5", 8", or 10'5", I'm sorry, we were corrected by his high school coach, 10'5", 6", as a junior. I mean, he's uh, he kind of falls in line with – uh, you know, I get it. You know, if it looks at it and it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's a white kid that plays, you know, quarterback and he's an athlete. And he's from heritage hall. And, you know, here's these other kids that are, you know, I, I would just say it's interesting. What's looking like maybe the best wide receiver from the, uh, 2022 class is a little <laughs> white kid from heritage hall. Yeah. I, I think, I think first off that offer was basically like, look, you're a great kid. We're going to give you every bit of publicity that an OU offer is going to give you, right? Could be. You know, I mean, but when I think OU saying like, look, you you work, you came to the camp and you blew it up. We're offering you regardless of where, regardless of everything else, right? And you getting that OU offer is going to blow you up on social media. So you're going to get five, six other offers immediately because Iowa State. And all these other programs are going to be like, well, if OU's offering this kid, we're offering him. So I think there's a little bit of that in the offer. Brent's like, look, I'm going to give you the status bump of, 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 our, of our, our seal of approval. And that's going to get you a bunch more offers. So you'll have a lot more choices to go on. And I got, I got, I got a huge recruiting weekend coming up. Coming out of that, I'm going to know where I am with some guys. And we'll make a push for you in the fall if I got a slot for you. Same thing they did with um, the guy they signed in January. Uh, the six foot, the, the, the tall, tall looking tight end kid. Mm, from the, Bethany. The, the, from Bethany, whose name escapes me right now. 
I want to call um, it, it's not Taylor Wine, but Taylor Heim. Is it Heim? Yeah, yeah, it's Heim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so 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 it's a it's an earlier version of that, right? Like, look, you go, you go, you ball out, keep doing what you're doing. We're gonna, you know, you've got to know you offer in your back pocket. If you get other offers based upon this and you find somewhere you want to go, like Stanford offers you or North Carolina or just somebody notices that you're one hell of a player, you know, and you decide you want to go there, no problem. But keep us, keep us in the loop and we'll keep circling back with you. And, and you know, if you don't get Taylor Tatum, yeah, I'd offer the Bass Kid, you know, as an athlete, right? As yeah, I mean, I agree completely. I, as, I would know, have, you offer, I would have you know, yeah, I would Tatum one, Frazier two. Or, or, you know, one, one A, B. one B, and then Durham yeah, is your yeah. Durham's your speed guy. Speed, um, yeah, he's a guy you take regardless, just because I mean, he's a yeah, yeah, he's a guy that he's going to return and he's going to, I would think, play some in the slot just because. Well, you just move if, him all over the field, yeah, right? I mean, you just, yeah. yeah, you just like, you know, if you're Lebby and and Seth Luttrell and 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 working up stuff, you're like, yeah, we're going to put Caden Durham in motion every time just to scare the hell out of the defense. Um. Yeah. So I think so I think if you get if you get Robinson right, he's a big back, right? And he gives you all kinds of things you can do. And you I know he's not bereft of running backs. All spring, that's all we heard, right? How good everybody looked. And Dalen Smothers is 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 rapidly getting back into shape after missing a year. And Caleb Hicks looked better than everybody thought. So I think if you get the right combo of guys, you do that. And and maybe you take bass as an athlete if you miss on some other kids. You're like, look. This guy will help our football team. Just wait and see. So, yeah, I think it's, but I think it's also one of those things where, where Venables is just like, I'm going to offer kids that I, that are, that are, that are good looking. And if they go somewhere else, okay. Maybe they were a little lower in our chart, but if I can get that guy 10 other offers, so he's got a much better choice of programs to look at and I can give him that advertising hype and in-state kids know that an OU offer gets you Gets you a lot of attention so that even if maybe you don't think OU's a fit for you, we offer you, you're going to get more scholarship offers. You just are. You're, you're, you're going to be talked about on, on recruiting sites, uh, which thousands of people log on to. So I think it's a little bit of that. And then, the, like, yeah, I probably have missed some names here, but the last big name we got to talk about is the second QB dilemma. We've talked about that all spring and Samaj Jones is now coming to campus for his official visit. He has known for basically two months that Michael Hawkins is a Sooner, and he has not wavered once from making OU a favorite and taking his OU official visit. So I think being around Michael this weekend, hopefully, is like the last step. Like you see Michael, you see him, you know he's comp- you're competing with him, and you and you're in person and you're fine with that. And that's the last sort of like step in saying, I'm fine with being the second quarterback in this class. So, and that's a big hope because I think we're all afraid of, of, um, of booty transferring and OU scrambling again to find a backup quarterback or someone to someone experienced behind Jackson Arnold. They can't find one or, <clears throat> or they're finding something like Davis Bevel, which hasn't really worked. So it's just, it's tough to find a backup quarterback. We need, we need an Admiral Halsey next year, you know, who was able, you know, (laughs) uh, who was able to back up Sam Bradford, right. 
and be a be an effective backup and really be a good second team quarterback. And it worked out well for him because he's now the quarterback coach at Tennessee. So elevated to OC. Is he the OC now? Okay. Yeah, so, their, their OC took a job somewhere. Yeah, so he's making good coin and old props to Halsey. You know, he did a great job as, as Sam's as Sam's understudy. Really helped a young quarterback, a young quarterback out. And that's if we could we could find an Admiral Halsey, I would say don't take two quarterbacks. But I, I don't know where you find that guy these days in college football with all the with everything going on. So yeah, Samaj Jones, Samaj Jones also has a lot of game. I mean. He has a lot of game too. Him, him pushing Hawkins is like a, is a fantastic thought of those two guys battling back and forth next spring behind Jackson, just pushing each other to get better and better. Yeah. I've been a fan of the move since we first started talking about it. I mean, it's been months. It's almost been a foregone conclusion for, for a while now. It's all, I don't think we've talked about it in a couple, couple weeks, maybe even a couple months, but I, I like it. I think it's a good idea in the era of the portal. You have Jackson Arnold. By all accounts, he's going to be very good. He'll probably play three or four years and he'll be gone. You got to have some development behind that. It's going to be nearly impossible to recruit the portal with a guy like that on campus, starting as a, you know, a freshman, redshirt freshman, and looking good. It's, it's going to be very difficult. So getting these guys basically would guarantee you two backups for I would say two seasons and then it kind of works itself out after that but then Kevin Sperry is joining the roster right but you want at least one of these guys to push Sperry right for sure you mean you want Sperry to come on campus and not and Jackson Arnold we were all assuming he's going to take over the position and that's and that seems all well and good to us based upon how good Arnold looks but you really would prefer Arnold beating out somebody, right? Not being, oh, yeah. a, not being anointed. And the, I love the thought. <laughs> there I are like, some on our site that would argue they would like for that to be Dylan Gabriel. I don't think that you don't know if that's the case, right? I'm just yeah, yeah. but yeah, but okay, all right. But I, you know, Gabriel's gone this year. <laughs> one way, one after this year. So we we all hope Dylan Gabriel has a fantastic season, right? None of us yeah, want hundred percent. None of us want. Jackson Arnold to have to play. That is a bad set of circumstances that Jackson. I want him to play a bunch though. I'd like him to play, you know, as, as you know, I'd like, I'd like him to get as many reps as possible, but just saying you'd love the situation. Arnold puts in three seasons and he's on the Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, you know, top five draft pick kind of, you know, we're back on that path. Right. And then Hawkins or Jones is fighting Kevin Sperry left and right. It's a it's a dogfight, and Sperry, and Sperry beats him great, but at least he's beat somebody. Because it doesn't look like Jackson doesn't look. You know, it's like Jackson's basically gonna, you know, is going to be you know anointed and 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 crowned the moment you know our hopefully our bowl game ends, and if you know if Dylan Gabriel's playing that bowl game, I, I, I know, do that's... think in a perfect world, you, Jackson Arnold gets snaps because right? what you don't want, I think, as well though, is you you would like to not go into twenty four in the first time he sees a, no, a, no 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 a road yeah, right. a yeah. road yeah. snap. Yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. you know night at LSU or it's it's on the plains against Auburn. I know Auburn's not you know. Well, uh, I mean they're all but, the big SEC yeah. crowds, uh, you yeah. know. So it's but this this. If the second quarterback dilemma is going to resolve itself one way or the other, Samaj is going to get to Norman and go, man, Hawkins, you know, 
Hawkins looks really good. Maybe I want to go to Cincinnati or West Virginia where I've got a clearer, I'm the guy. I'm going to be the guy off the bat, you know, in the, in the class, right? I'm still going to have to compete with other guys, but I want to be competing with somebody else in my class. Or he's going to be like, man, Hawkins looks really good. That's someone who's going to drive and get, get the best out of me. And, and it's hard to know the, you know, what, what's the motivating levers are there, right? With young kids, right? You just, you don't know. And I don't think the coaching staff knows either until, you know, they're on camp, you know, two dogs, you know, getting on campus today. Are they competitive? Are they two alphas? Are they competitive? You know, and is it a bad chemistry mix or is it a, they're competitive and it's a good chemistry mix. So I, you know, I think yeah. that that's going to play itself out one way or the other, um, provided Hawkins can get back from the elite 11 uh, on time. But, I, you know, he don't, I, he wants to be there for Davin Mitchell. He wants to be there for David Stone, Caden Durham, Nigel Smith, Casey Poe. I mean, you, you saw from his social media activity, he was like in every offensive lineman's photograph, right? And Wateries, yeah. he was right there behind yeah. Watery. Yeah, exactly. He was everywhere. Like, hey, dude, I'm, you know, you know, and he's, he's all in. He's embraced that role. So it'll be fascinating to look because they are, they are very different, very different looking uh, high school quarterbacks. Could bring a very different game. Um, you know, it's, it's hard not to see, you know, Jalen Hurts and what Samaj does. And it's, it's his size. He's even got the haircut. He's from Philadelphia. It's like, don't make that comparison. I, I can't help myself. Everything is just falling into place. And then Hawkins has worked so hard at his QB game. He's bigger, he's throwing the ball better. Um, you know, I, I don't have a, don't have like quite the right comparison for him, but uh, it, they, they're just different. They're different guys and they both could do different, excel in different ways in Levy's offense. Um, that'd be matchup problems for defenses down the road. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the weekend. Is there, is there one, is there any one person, you know, Matt, is there just one guy from this huge list I've just run through in the last 40 minutes that you're just like fascinated to see where OU is after the weekend? Well, I think I, I mentioned him earlier. I think McKinley might be that guy. We, we feel pretty good about David Stone. We feel pretty good about Wannery too. I, I want Danny Okoye in this class, but Inside, we absolutely need a second guy. LeBlanc's gone. We don't really know. I mean, Sanders sounds like he's going to be a player, but yeah. he's he's that 6'1", 290 range. He's more of a quick pass rushing threat. We need a Dominic McKinley inside to go with David Stone for the next three years in the SEC. So he he's my guy. Maybe JJA as well. It kind of fits the same mold. He's an inside outside guy, but just one and of those me, two. I mean, we have to win one of those battles. I feel like, I mean, McKinley's like six, six, three, ten. before we know what's really happened. And he's got a brother and he, yeah. Who we, who we would like as well. So, okay. So Caleb, is there like one guy or maybe one, one guy didn't really talk that much about just one name. That's just kind of fascinating for you. Yeah, I'm the most fascinating guy for me is probably Nesta. Um, uh, and it's just, you know, obviously, you know, with Easton Baker pulling the trigger to Illinois, uh, he's, I don't think he's coming in this weekend. There's just no signs that he has. That OU, yeah. I think OU's like, if you think you're going to Illinois, have yeah. fun being an Illini kid. All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so there's, there's that, 
you know, there's that, you know, but more than that, he is, he is supremely talented on the football field. I mean, he is long, can long for days. The kid can run, uh, and there's the baseball element. So the, the, what does interest me about that is, uh, he set up three official visits, two of them he's already taking, and it was to Miami and it was to North Carolina and he'll be at Oklahoma this weekend, uh, North Carolina, their baseball team is not great, right? They were about about the same season Oklahoma did. Miami, really good baseball team. Their coach just resigned. Uh, And you know that Ness is going to want to play both sports. So just all things given, I'm curious to think, you know, could he be one of these surprise guys that potentially commits, right? He's going to go meet with the baseball coaches. Oklahoma was in the College World Series last year. They're going to be playing. They were were runner-up. They were runner-up and they – and they, exactly. and they and they had a good team, good team during COVID year. Lost those guys to the draft. They've had yeah. good dra- had good draftable players. I mean, they're not like an elite program, but yeah. they they're certainly more competitive than North Carolina. I mean, yeah, over the last four years, Skip yeah. Johnson, you know, is you know he just he just he replaced the coach and got a really good coach in from. I don't follow baseball. This is just what other college baseball people tell me that the guy he just <laughs> the guy he just hired is a good coach. You know, yeah. he lost he lost the key part key staffer but he's replaced him with a really good guy so i i mean miami's probably obviously the better brand baseball brand um, coach. but you know the coach so but yeah. yeah but i mean nesta i mean and the nice thing about nesta is you know you put 20 30 pounds on him he could play mike he could play well i mean he's a big rangy you know sideline to sideline kind of guy you just add him to the mix of the of the athletes that are in the linebacker room. So, so my guy, yeah. obviously I, I mentioned him cause I, you know, uh, my obsession, I, I'm trying to folk, not focus on the D line obsession. Cause I think most of our sooner followers have that covered. I don't need to obsess there is it's Justin Dennison. It's the slim reaper. I love his film. I want a big safety in the class. We have big safeties in last year's class. I, I love I love the ball skills of McDonald, you know, Newcomb, Eli Bowen, but they're just smaller guys. I just, you know, I, Eli Bowen could be a great cornerback, nickel corner, right? No doubt about that. He, he, he's, he's a very athletic player, plays bigger than he is, but I just, I just want a 6'2", 200-pound safety that can move into the box and hit some people. And that's, that's, I think that's Dennison more than it is Boganowski. And for the recruiting ranking naysayers out there, Dennison is in the 700s. I think we see plenty of room for him to move up in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's getting recruited by Florida, Alabama. Once Alabama, the yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I think he he is better than he looks on paper. Oh yeah, his film is excellent. I mean, he's hitting people and covering people and making play after play. So he's a playmaker. So yeah, that's 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 my minor obsession right there. The Slim Reaper, plus you know, a, a, you know, I think that also has great branding NIL potential down the road for him. For sure. Just to just to sneak in a like a secondary like to that, so to where he becomes interesting in in uh, Patterson McDonald, where, where these guys become interesting is at some point, right? There's a limited number of scholarships, right? Yep. And if you are you know uh, you know one of these guys, you know, guy we haven't talked about uh, Devon Jordan. Tulsa Union. You're one of these guys, and like you're thinking, hey, I want to run this out a little bit longer. If a, if 
you know, if a guy like Denison comes, Denson comes in and says, I might like to run this out a little bit longer, but I see two in-state kids that are going to run it out for three more weeks and they're going to, they might commit. They'll take my spot. I'm just interested to see what kind of, uh, yeah, you know, big, I mean, a kid from Rhode pressure. Island, Rhode Island, see, you know, Rhode Island sees big time football, right? Comes on a campus and sees a place that's just obsessed with college football. You know, he went to Florida. They, they're, they're sort of obsessed with college football down there as well. Um, but not to the degree that, you know, not to the degree that um, OU is at, at this point right now. So, um, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where it is. So do I need to give you guys a second? Are you ready for the, the challenging quiz from last week to repeat itself? Let's give it a go. All right. So I think we kind of blew the over under on um, last week from a super two degree since no verbals. So um, uh, let's see what we can do this week. Over under verbals from just guys visiting this weekend. And we can't count the guys who are already verbally committed. So by 621, how many players from this class are committed? Matt, you get to go first. I think I went with one last week. I'm going to go with two this time. And that two includes the guy I was talking about last week. I didn't know, you know, I, I have a pretty good feeling that David Stone is going to pop soon. And I didn't know if it was going to happen before the weekend um, or this weekend or after this weekend. But I, I think, I think he's one. Uh, and his buddy, uh, MP McD. I think I just yeah. came up with a new nickname for him. All right. We can, do, um, we can work off that. We can work with that. I think uh, Stone and McP, uh, MP McD. All right. Caleb, week by the 21st. By the 21st, I'll, I'll, I'll take one more and I'll say three. And I'm going to, you know, if you made me say what three, uh, I'm going to say Samaj Jones pulls the trigger. I'm going to say, uh, Patterson McDonald. I'm going to say he pulls the trigger and I'm going to say Jason Ross between now and, and, okay. and that point he's, he's made the decision. Apparently right. I did need more time. So maybe I should have, I might've, I, you know, I kind of almost want to, I almost <laughs> want to add one more and say Nesta is going to, you know what? I'm going to be ridiculous. I'm going to say four and I'm going to add Nesta to that list. Okay. I'll say four too. Honestly, you talked me into it. <laughs> I didn't think about Jones. I, I, I missed. I missed him when I was scrolling back through the list. So yeah, I, I might say four two. I'm I'm gonna say two, and, I, and I'm I'm gonna think I think Stone and and uh, MP McD uh, have some kind of video planned for us that might need a little more editing. So the twenty first is sort of maybe not enough video editing time in the booth in a in the video booth for them. So I'm gonna say Samaj Jones and. I'm going to say Caden Durham gets swept up with all this and pulls the trigger. So that's a good call in the sense I didn't realize that Durham grew up in Oklahoma City, Moore area, and he's really good friends with Stone and Xavier Robinson, and uh, which is a kid who there's rumors we're going to pull the trigger this weekend, and uh, and Patterson well, McDonald. Yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out if we're trying to figure out what's going on with with xavier robinson right we've got some sources yeah. digging into it is 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 an announcement coming we we don't we don't know we're just trying to figure out where where ou is with that so 
All right, a month from the, the, the 21st, how many players total? So you're both at four. How many guys is OU adding from that point? And there are lots of names that could fit this category. I'll, I'll go first. So I'm at four. I'm going to add uh, Jordan five. Okay. I, I have this weird feeling about Boganowski. I, I think he's going to be a, a wildcat. So if he's, if he's a sooner, it's definitely going to be sooner than later. No pun intended. Um, but I'll take Jordan and one of the O-linemen, possibly right. Bennett Warren. So you jump into six. Okay. Jump into six. Caleb. So by July 21st, what are you thinking? 10. Wow. Okay. okay. I, so my thought there is here, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Stone's going to have it done. Patterson McDonald is going to have it done. Uh, I, I, yeah, Jordan. Uh, I'm going to assume Tatum's going to be done by that time. I know he's got, you know, should have everything kind of wrapped up. Samaj Jones, I think Cade Massey will have all of his visits done. Those will be wrapped up. He'll have a decision. I'm going to say Nesta, Xavier Robinson. Uh, and I'm going to say, you know, that a guy like Nigel Smith is going to push his timeline up a little bit and make that decision before. And now, now, know, now, he seemed really confident on that. When I spoke to Nigel, he seemed really set on that day. Like everybody's confident until they get punched in the mouth. And I don't mean right. he's going to get punched in the mouth. All I right. just mean, okay. I okay. just mean the reality that I'm just giving, just give it, just trying to give you some context there. So, all right. You're okay. super confident that, Hey, I'm going to run this out. And then you see one, maybe two of the top five schools you have fill up and you, okay. you realize, Oh, I don't have spots there anymore. You know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and there is, a, let's be honest, like, I don't think it's likely to happen, but there's a, there is a, there is a scenario where he doesn't have a spot in Oklahoma. If JJA decides. If, if JJA, if OU knocks it out of the park there and they kill that, right. And he goes to Georgia and he says, you know what? He's because he's going to Georgia next weekend. He comes back and he decides Oklahoma is the best spot for me. I believe in this. I'm going to go there. And, you know, we all, let's say that, you know, David Stone pulls a trigger and McKinley, he, he has these four visits wrapped up at the end of June, and he says, you know what? I want to have a decision done. So mid, middle of July, he makes his decision, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. If you if you line David Stone and, and, and uh, Danny Okoye and you say, like, who are you taking there? Like, as an edge rusher, like, I don't – to me, this is just my opinion, right? And I love Nigel Smith, but I love Nigel Smith and his ability to play inside and out and play up and down the line. And if you've got McKinley, JJA, and David Stone inside, I, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean a lot of other guys, right? Ross. I'm gonna say probably maybe even, sure. maybe even Zoo. Definitely a Koye, right? I think a Koye is maybe he's close to being on par with Noary, right? I think it's one and two, right? I mean, I'm not, I can't take Nigel Smith over any of those guys because I need an, I need an edge rusher. I need a guy that can play, you know, seven, nine technique, get the edge on a tackle. You know, that's what I need. So, and, and again, you know, and maybe I'm wrong here and maybe those guys, it doesn't happen. I, I just mean to say like, or he's, or he tells you, you coaches I'm locked in September 8th is when it happens. We, you know, it's one of those. He would, yeah. He would have to do something like that. Cause that's where I say like these guys that want to run it out to September, you know, it's like, Hey, that's, that's great. You know, but 
you're, you maybe end up, you know, your top two or three. You gotta be, might be. you gotta be, you gotta be the right guy to do that. You gotta know your, yeah. your value on the board. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say, Oh, you gets up to up to eight guys from this weekend. And the, the players I would add would be probably Casey Poe, maybe Taylor Tatum, Jay Sean Ross, um, Michael Patterson, David Stone, and Devon Jordan. Some some of that group making the making the decisions by seven twenty one. I think JJA makes a decision by seven twenty one. I think he moves up his date. Because I think he, I think he's realistically down to OU and UGA, and I think it's like, what, why do I really need to, you know, why do I need to wait on that decision? So and I may not go in OU's favor, so I'm not sure. But that's that's where I see. It. I see OU at eight guys, cumulative from this. All right, nine twenty one. I think is the final date. All right, nine twenty one. Matt, you're at six. What what's your knowing that August could be really busy? What what's your prediction here? And and to me, Nigel Smith comes into play with this date too. Can I combine this with the visit list from last week? I'll, I'll no, give no, you both. No, no just this both week. Numbers. Just this week. Just this weekend. Okay. Okay. This just so I was at six. Remember, we have six verbals already. Six verbals already. Right. I'm gonna stick with nine because I just I'm playing the. The odds here that I don't know how many more guys out of this week you can get. Um, with, you know, the Gil- with the yeah, other I week, with the other week, yeah, like get, get, you know, Gilmore probably staying in Minnesota, Zena yeah. probably going to Texas. Yep, Aiden Massey is get and Max Anderson. I think they're not going to have a spot. I think you're just playing the numbers. I'm just going to say maybe three more. I might even say two more between eight and nine, if okay. I. Uh, if I can do that. Sure. All right, Caleb, you're kind of our big, our big game player. Are, are you going, are you going up from 10 or are you, are you just a couple more? Yeah, I'd probably go. I'm let's say 13. In, right. I'm going to add Casey Poe. I forgot about him. I think some of these, uh, you know, some of these, some of the offensive linemen are, are going to have, are going to have, you know, I think I've been I think I've been somewhat consistent in that when you look at how these visits break out for kids and what the vast I think majority all, of their, I think they're all deciding soon next yeah, 30 all, days they've next all, 30 days yeah it's all been hey I'm going to take visits in June I'm going to decide before August 1 or by August 1 or early August yeah. before my senior season so yeah I think I think this is where the class all comes together okay I think I'm going to add Nigel Smith on September 9th and I'm going to add two more guys um, in August. I don't know who those two guys are, but I'm adding two more. So I'm going to go with 11. I think I said six guys from the previous class. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, I believe it was I was six yeah, guys you, you from you the previous At six on the previous weekend. So I got to say, these two weekends are going to provide OU with 17 players. So by 921, I have the OU, the OU class at 23. And the only guy I think is guaranteed a scholarship beyond that is Danny Okoye. Everything else will be very, very interesting to see what happens. Man, I just ran through these this list again real quick. I, I might be actually at 11. Yeah. Realistically. Right. So I, I think I probably misunderstood the question in the regard. So we're looking at how many kids from, from this, la- this, this weekend, just this, this weekend, weekend, just this weekend, just this but, weekend. And how many did you how many did you pick in the last weekend? Do you remember? Was it eight? 
Oh no, I think I picked. I thought it was pretty low. I thought it was like two or three. I think I had like bricks and. Okay. I right, think so, that was it. So I just say that, that I'm I'm picking I'm picking eleven. Well, no, two. I may have had more than that. I had I, I definitely had more than that. Yeah, I had more like, than that. Overall, yeah, I'm thinking of like within within like the next within the yeah. one week time period. No, I mean, yeah, I, I I'll go with what I said there. Uh, but I, I I expect you know, yeah, if I said eight last weekend and thirteen this, that's probably about right. I think I think the vast majority of the class you know, is going to be decided by September, early September, and you'll have mid-September. And to your point, I think you'll have a, a Danny Okoye, and it seems like Brent's, there's always going to be, you know, hey, this kid that just comes yeah. out and was the a name, good junior. The name, but- the name that I think is that might be, might fall into the, if OU's playing really well, I think Kobe Black is like an outlier. Okoye is an outlier because of the way OU the OU recruiting battle went that all of a sudden 30 days, he's like, no, no, I, I do love you. I want to be, fr- I want to be friends. And OU's <laughs> like, well, I thought you didn't like me. No, no, I, I, I like you too. Well, let's, let's, let's be best friends. Wait, wait, wait. We need, we need to build that relationship a little bit. Okay. All right. That's fine. So, but to me, Danny Okoye is the, is the guy you wait on. And uh, Kobe Black is the guy you wait on. And other than that, I'm not, other than, other than you just you you pick up Reagan's. So and, you're telling me you would wait on a five star corner and you would wait on a you know a potential five star pass rusher? Yes. <laughs> yes. I would too. But, but I mean, but you know, or somebody blows up or somebody somebody else decides to go visit OU. I mean, you know, does West do you go if Wesco gets back on the market, do you go do you go back to Wesco? I don't know. Um, but I think I think that's kind of where you are. I think off. I think Bill. Bill wants to be done. I think Bill's very happy when he's done recruiting by September first. Like, okay, now I can just obsess on just grinding my guys into be killers, and I don't have to worry about, you know, official visit weekends and being nice over the weekend to people. When I really just want to be, I just want my guys and me to be, you know, mean all weekend. Well, every fall we need to be socially unacceptable, right? Um. So I think Bill's happy to have that done, but you know, it's, uh, do you wait when Ari, obviously if he takes that Oregon visit, you, you, you wait that long on when right? You're not going to wait. You're not going to pull the plug on that battle. So I, I think it's, I think after, after Nigel Smith makes his decision nine, eight, I, I think it's, it's very few guys who are going to keep. And, and last fall we saw the same thing, right? It was, it was just Hicks and Peyton Bowen, right? Really? from high school guys that OU had been tracking from the summer. It was just two guys, right? Yeah. And then they filled in with, you know, wine and, and Sanders yeah. throughout the season. So we they lost, had- they lost Caden yeah. McDonald. They lost the Caden McDonald hunt. They were on unsh- the Hicks thing went, went sideways twice. So they had to make sure they had some backup D line and they lost Vasek. But you know, if, if Vasek doesn't flip there's you know, they're not driving Taylor wine. And if David Hicks doesn't, if Hicks had flipped, I'm not sure they would have, I'm, you know, if Hicks had chosen OU like he should have in September, uh, does, does Ashton Sanders ever get an OU offer? Probably not. So if you follow the pattern of last year, I mean, you jokingly said, oh, so you'd wait on five-star guys. Well, yeah, it, that's what <laughs> OU was doing last fall, right? They, they were just, those are the two guys. I mean, how, when we first started doing this podcast, how many freaking minutes and airtime did we give to Peyton Bowen and David Hicks too much for one of them. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
definitely. I mean, we, I mean, it was, you know, those two guys sucked the air out of the room and, you know, a is going to be a November decision probably. And Kobe black is, you know, if he takes the nine visits, he's talking about or something like that. He, he's probably going to, he's probably going to extend that out as well. So, and that, and that's a guy who's made good connections with OU. OU's continuing to work that. And if OU's playing well this fall, you know, Woody Washington, Gentry Williams are playing really well at cornerback. You know, I can see Kobe Black being like, okay, I need to give OU more a run. But, and that gives the staff more time to wait and see if NCAA makes any decision on that hard cap of 25 or extending yeah. it all the way up to 30. I mean, it's definitely possible. We've talked about it before. Yeah. I think yeah. it's something yeah. to be considered. So, yeah, but that's, that's, that's the big weekend, you know, you know, we're all thinking OU's going to end up with double-digit commits out of this weekend, and that's basically OU for the two big weekends we're talking about. OU batting around fifty percent, which is Just, pretty damn, which is pretty damn good. If OU from these thirty-five kids that visit can get around twelve to thirteen verbals from these two weekends combined, that's that's the bulk of your class right there. Those thirteen players plus the six verbals. Um. You know, as you know, when you add the two, sorry, the two two weekends together, we're all talking about oh, you get about fifteen guys from the two weekends combined, somewhere in that range. Oh, you can get fifteen out of thirty-five visits and be at 22, 23 verbals by the time before Dallas, before you place uh, OU Texas. That's October seventh. Yeah, that's that's success for the Sooners, right? You know, to, and then and then focused moving to twenty-five on some kids, and then and then focusing elsewhere. But it's. It's going to be an interesting weekend if if David Stone does flip this week, does go this weekend, we're 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 going to have to re, we're going to have to reconvene, we're going to have to reconvene early 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 earlier in the week and do a quick something quick for our for our fans here because we've been talking about that damn verbal commitment for three years. <laughs> That's All right. true. All right, well we'll keep an eye on that. Head on over to Sooners 360 throughout the weekend. Uh, Sap Town's doing a great job putting up any of the social posts. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, they throw up, hey, I'm in the hotel. Here's my fat head. Here's my, what would they do last week? Uh, fun cakes. Fun cakes. Oh, nice. Um, so head on over the board. We'll have the, the full list, any notes that we get. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of swag in the room. And there was it like was a, lot a lot of, of swag. Of, there was a lot of personal notes written as well welcoming them to uh, Oklahoma. I don't, we obviously don't know who the, the notes are from, but if I was OU, I would have gotten like a cavalcade of folks to write notes, yeah. even, some, even some softball players. Hey, can you write a note? <laughs> <laughs> um, so head on to the board. We'll, we'll, we'll have some insider information as we're, we're digging into this, these visits. Uh, we're still digging into last weekend as well uh, as, as the, uh, the dust settles, if you will. Um, so again, head over to the board and also remember to subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. And we will see everybody around the water.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.